Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. Today we are joined by a very special guest. This is Bizzle's mom. Bizzle's mom. I know that's not your stage name. What's your stage name going to (laughs) be? Big V. Big V. (laughs) Big V. I love that. Love, love, love. So you have a funny story for how this name came out? I do. When I was in high school, actually, maybe college, we had a whole group of friends. And one of them started, one of the men started calling me Big V. And I didn't realize for a long time he was talking about my cleavage. (laughs) 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 Which now he might be talking about my backside. (laughs) You weren't ready for this, G-Rex. <laughs> you were not ready for this. <laughs> and then oh it got God. transformed into V, so. Okay, well, we're going with Big V. I like it. We're going to go with Big V. Spicy. <laughs> I can I can just see Bizzle right now listening back to this when he edits, and he's going to be like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Why did I let her come on this I, show? <laughs> I know, I know. We're, we're working our way through all of our family and friends. No, I'm just kidding. We... We just happen to be blessed. We have a lot of very interesting people in our lives, and they have very interesting stories. So thank you for joining this. And Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Yeah, we, we love doing this podcast. Like, this is our therapy. And, like, when we don't record for a couple of weeks, you know, it's kind of sad. But, you know, life kind of got in the way. Um, I turned 60, had yeah. a big, Happy birthday. big birthday party in uh, Toronto. Happy and, birthday. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. And how we made it this far is, um, I don't know, beyond me, but, you know, <laughs> grace of God. That's, I'm just going to go with that. We grace just show God. up every day, you know? We do. I don't know <laughs> what we're doing. Still, yeah. after all these all these episodes. <laughs> well, we I just started keep at showing the beginning up. listening again, and mm-hmm. I could see huge progress. Oh, thanks. That's cool. We try, you know? <laughs> we do. We finally stopped saying each other's names. Yeah, That took did. a while. <laughs> it took a couple of episodes to get that. Because we kept getting yelled at. Like, every week, yeah. we would get yelled at. Yeah. Bizzle. Can't help it. I know. Yeah. I know. So, I know, uh, so I see that, for those that can't see, uh, Big V has got some notepad paper <laughs> with some stuff written on it. She is very prepared, unlike G-Rex and I. <laughs> um, so we just show up. I know, yes. right? So, I, I like to start this off uh, asking, what is it that you want to share with the world about you? So what I have discussed with you and Bissell is perhaps career changes. Mm -hmm. And then I want to have a little time at the end to talk about, I'm I'm a few years older than you, happy birthday girl. Mm -hmm. So so I can see that a lot of things have happened in my lifetime that's history Mm -hmm. and and some changes. So a couple things maybe about women in the workforce and a couple of things like that. Okay, cool. I love that. Where love, do you want to? I have a random question to get us started. What was your very first job? Working at Tupperware home parties. And oh. it was in high school, and they had these big jubilees, and I had to take these tickets and count 10 and put a rubber band around, mm-hmm. and that was my job all day long. So in my sleep, I was counting tickets, and every time I got to 10, I would wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, that was... Tupperware home parties. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, though. They Their jubilees were awesome. 
Yeah. So from Tupperware home parties to where you are today, what's your current occupation? My current occupation is realtor. Real estate professional. Yeah. But it wasn't a straight path, I would imagine. It was not a straight path. No. No. When I I went to college, I got several degrees. I started out in psychology and ended up in engineering. (laughs) And uh, then I started working in the defense industry at what's now Lockheed Martin, I guess. I could be like... (laughs) <laughs> Mr. M. Mr. So, M. We'll edit it. Mr. M. Yeah. I could be like Mr. M and talk about the the big uh, entertainment that now is a big missile factory. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of giving them the credit, I'm saying them by name. So you used to work for a, a big missile factory. Yes. And so most of my career was working on the industry side of, of military department of defense. And I did work for the government side a few times and it wasn't very much fun. <laughs> yeah. Were you the only female? When I started out, I was very few. And all the way through, actually, I used to get bored and I would do statistics. And I never saw more than 3% females until my last job, which was at the government side. And not to be political here, but it was really weird because we would hire anybody that was a minority, a female. But we didn't see that many people come through the door on the industry side. But on the government side, it was very diverse between everybody and yeah. i don't i never have understood exactly why that is maybe That's interesting i don't know but anyway yeah so i i really loved working there from the standpoint that i i made my own jobs i thought what was interesting and then i would find a way to create a job to do that mm-hmm. and one of the things when i switched into real estate i had to come to terms with time and money mm-hmm. because when i worked for the big company i had a good salary and that paycheck showed up every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I worked on my projects. But now in the real estate world, you have to worry about when's that good property going to close? Mm-hmm. And am I wasting? You never waste time with people. But am I spending too much time on this person that's not going to make a move? Or am I better off doing something else? Wow. That's crazy. First of all, that is a wild uh, <laughs> departure from... Tupperware girl to now <laughs> working with like military missile places and now you know where you are today. So my question is, how did you even get into the military side of it for the missile place? Um, I, I was looking through the career resource people at school mm. and they were hiring in Orlando where I was. And almost this is back in the day. This was in the late 70s, early 80s. All my competitors my peers from graduation from school were going to work at like Caterpillar or uh, Tennessee Valley Authority or in the fields or mm-hmm. something, making probably 14000 a year, which was a really good salary. And this military company offered me 18000 to start. Wow. So it was close to home. My boyfriend lived there and I said, okay. And I'll never forget laughing on my way into the my very first day. I had on this bright yellow knit dress mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is this where big v came from <laughs> well what's really funny is a few years later i started dating this guy that was there and he called me the yellow-breasted mattress thrasher oh my goodness <laughs> it was from and i hope bissell doesn't listen to this oh he's totally gonna listen to this he might totally. be listening to it now no, just <laughs> anyway that guy was from texas so he had names for everybody <laughs> Well, Texas. Oh my God. <laughs> this is awesome. This is priceless. I love this. Okay. 
<laughs> you love it because we know that Bizzle's going to be like, ah. He's gonna be, why did my like, mom come on here? <laughs> I love it because he's going to be so red when he's like doing this. I wish that um, maybe you could have a camera on him. Yeah, live because, reaction. Uh, live reaction Got because it. i will die of laughter literally <laughs> like all the crap in my chest will go away I'm just laughing so hard so hard yeah so, so you walked in with your yellow knit dress you had your interview it must have went well yep it how did. long were you there for well, oh my interview this was so weird the guy took me through the manufacturing facility they had vats big vats one was gold and one was silver that they used for plating things and the guy that was interviewing me said oh yeah this is a great place to pilfer what does that mean? I mean, stealing little things off the wow. off the floor. And then later on, he, <laughs> my dog got out in the apartment complex where my boyfriend lived, and it went after that guy's bird. Oh, my <laughs> I'm word. surprised I got hired at all. It went after his bird. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my so, God. Tweety's been eaten by a dog. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so you went in. So I went in. And... I went through a series of, I stayed there for like 13 years. I learned wow. a lot. And then I went between several other smaller companies. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up for most of my career at Northrop Grumman. Got it. And um, I worked on all kinds of stuff. Um, a lot of things I did on the, halfway through the beginning was all missiles and weapons. Mm -hmm. And then the second, probably half a time working there was for training. So we did a laser tag, and we did uh, simulation games. I did a program on uh, future of learning for the Air Force. That was really interesting. Wow. Uh, so wow. cool. I know. Yeah. yeah I, like, I worked on some Star Wars stuff back in the day. Wow. Of uh, That's the job you need. Me? Skittles. Yeah, you need to get a job like that. Just playing video like games? Something. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I interpreted that job. Now, I know that that's not what it was, but... Yeah, that's wild. So what? when was this? What year was this when you started kind of getting into this industry? Uh, early 80s. So I was in the in through the like 2015 or so. Wow. Wow. And wow. How was it um, being there? Like being a woman in that industry? Um, there wasn't. When I first started, actually, they must have been having complaints because somebody from outside the company came and was interviewing all the women about ah. and HR popped mm -hmm. in at the time I was talking to them and and you know and I I grew up on a ranch and we were treated like it just the guys that worked there mm -hmm. you know we worked the cows and did all the stuff so I really didn't think too much about male and female and what right. you could and couldn't do so I think I had an advantage over a lot of females because I would just go put my elbows out and jump in and do whatever had to be done yeah but wow back back to the history part of this that was a long time ago and um i don't think women were raised at the time to be managers and i thought a lot about did they discriminate against women because they were women or were women just not prepared to be leaders at that time mm. i mean i think they are now i think our society is right you know allowed women to evolve that way but back in the day i'll never forget this one meeting i was in there were probably 100 150 people there mm -hmm. i was the only woman in the room mm -hmm. and um the guy that was given the presentation this was for a, a missile to be launched off a ship and it had this um uh, covering over the top and it was supposed to perforate when the missile took off 
But the guy said, yeah, when it took off, the covering didn't, per- didn't perforate, and it looked just like a big condom. Oh, my God. <laughs> they all turned around and looked at me. <laughs> Expecting some sort of reaction. Like, whoops. Yeah. That's wild. I can't even, like... My brain can't even fathom being in that type of an industry. It's yeah, but, so different. And, and But I think that I had a really good education. So I think that the fact that I worked hard and just brought up good ideas and stuff, I think you had to kind of prove yourself twice as much. But once they realized that you were a contributing member, mm-hmm. then actually some of the ones later on kind of looked out for me. That's good. Like like Big Brothers or something. Well, those yeah. are mostly the West Point guys that were. I was like, I felt like I was in a fraternity. I was a little sister for the fraternity. <laughs> wow. But you know what's funny, Big V, is that it still kind of happens today, right? Like even though we've come so far with you know like equal rights and everything, I think that still kind of happens in today's you know in in industry today. Um, you know, fortunately, like for me and for like Dirty Skittles, you know, if you know your shit. You know your shit. Mm-hmm. Now, they they kind of like you know let you go and let you do your thing, but you know I think about the people, the kids that are just coming out of college and and stuff. Now they have far more of an advantage than you and I had. You know when I came out of high school forty years ago. You know I I I think that we're advancing, but I don't think we're advancing fast enough. Yeah, we. I don't think we're there yet, but at least we're, and and I think part of it is a growth factor on everybody's part. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, And the other thing, I think sometimes guys might be a little intimidated. I I remember one of the conferences I went to, the kids from UCF, kids from UCF, uh, I walked up and asked them a question. The girls popped right up and started answering. The boys, men that were young men that were there sat in the back and they just, I think they were afraid of these strong, strong women. Got it. Strong, well, women. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something that you mentioned, uh, your upbringing. And how you think that that kind of helped you sort of jump into this industry where you're just like, we're in here to get our feet wet, like just jump on in. Um, what was that like? You grew up on a ranch? I what, did. What kind of, uh, <laughs> I know nothing about growing up on a ranch, just FYI, complete city girl. So I apologize for our listeners if this sounds like silly ass questions, but like, what did you do? Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you... um so it's funny. I took over the ranch after my father and mother passed away. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew something before then. I didn't know anything until I was in charge. But basically what I did as a child is that we would get on our horses and we would go. We, we The area that's Lake Nona now, mm-hmm. we leased that and it was 8,000 acres. Wow. So I had free reign of that beautiful lake and I would go skinny dipping out in the lake. Nobody was there. <laughs> Walk around in the woods barefoot with my gun. And then I go, oops, I'm just going to shoot my foot. But, <laughs> but um, we would, <laughs> well, there might be snakes. Um, <laughs> a, a gator. You yeah, never know. That's the biggest gator I've ever seen was on that lake. It must have been 15 feet long. It was after my dog. Um, <gasps> so, so basically we would, we didn't live there. We lived kind of about you know, 10 minutes away. So we would take the horses and we would gather up the cattle and put them in the chute. And then you'd sometimes part out the ones that were going to go to market or you'd separate the babies from their moms when it was time to do that. Or you would run them through the chute and you'd um, put medicine on them, Mm -hmm. different kind, you know, like for flies and all that stuff. Um, And then sometimes you made steers out of the little bull calves. Mm -hmm. And... um, (laughs) So after I took over the ranch, 
uh, we would have child labor where <laughs> Bissell and his sister had to go help too. And he was in about third grade the first time and they went back to school and did show and tell. And they also did pregnancy testing on the cows. <laughs> For show and tell? He, w- he went back and started telling about show and tell. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and the teacher was telling me, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean him to come tell all that stuff. She goes, well, that's okay. The one that went after him was telling about the rabbits at the pet zoo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so show and tell was short that day. <laughs> Can you imagine being another child in that class and, like, your classmate gets up to do like pregnancy testing on cows. Or I'd be like, my my eyes would be like wide open. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. So what I figured out, and this kind of relates way back to the career thing, <clears throat> I figured out that when I had the cattle that you don't don't grow cows, you grow grass, because if the grass is good, the cows do well. You can. But if they, you know, then otherwise you have to give them hay and feed and all that stuff. Mm. So I figured out in real estate that you don't sell property, you sell yourself. Oh. There's a lot more marketing than there is the transaction part. And it's really a lot like being a lawyer, though we're cautioned every day, don't practice law without a license. But there's so many things that can go wrong and so many ways that you can guide it to be to your client's advantage Mm -hmm. but most people don't think of it that way because they just think you're like selling cars or or houses a a product you know man a commodity and it's not that at all and you can get in so much trouble i know you've heard this week about (laughs) some of the shenanigans that can go on i know i know yes uh big v is here this week and georgia helping us with a little nugget is he easier than working on the ranch or (laughs) it's kind of the same (laughs) yeah you're hurting the cattle but they didn't they didn't talk back quite so much (laughs) no he's really very good he's good (laughs) but i have to laugh because he does remind me that i'm old Which is why I felt okay talking about the way things... Oh, I have to bring this up. This is something else on my paper. So when I was growing up, we talked a lot about... I mean, when we were, we were hippies. Because I'm probably almost a decade older than you, Mm -hmm. G-Rex. So um, we... um, you know, we thought we were the ones that came up with all the rebellion and the new way of thinking and all that. But not at all. It was the beatniks. And if you go back and study what they were in, they were anti-materialism, anti-conformist, and more about experiences in life than they were about, you know, so they were against the the man and the machine. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really good literature written about during that time about people's um, innate integrity versus being part of this big machine. Man. Really interesting. And, And I don't think, talking about what's changing... That set in motion even some of the things that are going on today. It's still mm-hmm. evolving as part of what the beatnik started in the 50s. Yeah. Did you think we would be farther along as a society than we are now? Back then? You know, I didn't really think about it. The one thing that I will say is Sly and the Family Stone and all these songs where we are family. And and my, um, she wasn't my class president, the vice president. Mm-hmm in the 70s, 72, mm-hmm. was a black woman. Mm-hmm. And nobody thought anything of it. We loved her. Yeah. You know? Interesting. But, but I think it's gotten worse since then. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, everybody was, not everybody, 
most people were starting to embrace the fact of inclusion. Yeah. And I just think it's gotten worse. And I don't know. And I don't want to go into why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, it, it's a scary thing. You know, I, you know, when I graduated, I, I thought, oh, the world's going to be better, blah, blah, blah. It, it got really good. And then it got really shitty really quick. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that the pendulum starts swinging back the other way. I think and it has to just, start with us. Yeah, and I don't think it's just going to happen overnight. You know, hopefully by the time I'm 80, you know, things will look a little better. That's I'm going to give it 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you'll still be working uh, during Skittles. I will not be working. <sighs> so yeah. let me ask you guys, mm-hmm. and not to interrupt you, G-Rex, but I talked about my transition. So I know both of you, you transitioned from... F- a pastry chef and g-rex you transitioned into being retired right retired and then i went back to work i started back to work uh last week oh okay so how has that been for you two i'll let you go first g-rex. uh for me it was it was really good um i needed that four months just to you know decompress like i had like i've worked for 40 years and just having four months of not having to work and not really having to worry about it. You know, I got to travel. I, you know, I launched our podcast and it made it super successful between the two of us. I found my center. And for me, that that was really important. I needed to find my center. But going back to work, I'm really excited because the company that I'm working for really wants me. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they nice. want me for my knowledge. And being able to impart that onto the next generation, that's really important to me. And I think as we get older, that's kind of our job, too, is that we should be giving back to that next generation. Because we wouldn't be where we're at today if we didn't have you know, people that helped us along the way. So, honestly, I just want to take that knowledge that's in my head and give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if I could say something before yeah. you. So I, I feel like that. You asked me how it was growing up. Mm-hmm. I had some incredible female role models, and it made a lot of difference. I didn't think of them as role models until much later, but one of them was Brownie Wise that was the marketeer that made Tupperware successful. Mm. You know, Earl Tupper developed it, but she's the one that made it into a brand and a family thing. And she was a family friend. Um, There was another lady, Wilma Overstreet, that was a female ranch Mm -hmm. uh, wife, but she ran the business a lot. And there were just quite a few women like that that I could see were very strong and business-minded. And, you know, they were still female in the female role then. But, well, Brownie wasn't. But uh, So I think that made a huge difference. Yeah. Mentors are huge. Um, My transition, well, (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I still actually today think about – you know, being a pastry chef is totally different than what I do now. But there is like some foundational knowledge that carries through. So like there are often times where I'm doing what I do today and, you know, I work in the software industry, I manage a team, but I will find myself in a really difficult situation or a very stressful day where like I have to complete a task or something, right? And, you know, my normal the very first thought is usually like, oh, I don't want to do this, right? Like, how do I get out of this? How do I back out? How do I avoid whatever this difficult task is? But that kitchen brain kicks in where 
I realize very quickly that that's not an option and my fight instinct kicks in and I prepare, right? So I'm like, okay, well, doesn't matter how I feel about this at the end of the day, this has to get done. I have to produce, I have to be responsible. I have to, have to, have to. And I think that that's still the kitchen mindset in me is doesn't matter how stressful it is. I still have a job that I have to do. And now more so I have a team that is, that I'm looking out for. So it's just not an option. So the transition mentally, I don't think there's a big difference, but the industry obviously is totally different. I remember starting in this industry and crying because the very first holiday I had off was Thanksgiving. And it had been, since I had started being a pastry chef, I never had a holiday off. It just wasn't an option. Um, And realizing, wow, I have spent 15 years of my life not celebrating (laughs) holidays. (laughs) Now I get a holiday off and I'm making more money than I did after 15 years in an industry. So that to me was like the biggest difference was the pay and holidays off. But the mindset is still very much, that drive is still there. So that's good. And the skill set's a little different. Yeah. 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 It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to take a walk to get that exercise. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, let's talk. (laughs) I mean, that's true. I sit down all day now (laughs) where before I was running constantly. Yeah. So it's a little different, but yeah. Well, at least you snagged Bizzle out of the deal. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's all Bizzle's fault. (laughs) All Bizzle's fault. Yeah. And and going back to what you said, G-Rex, about giving back and and when you know when you're older i have met so many people male and female they talk about the empty nest syndrome but i have met so many people maybe young and old that lose their purpose and i think a lot of times when people retire or something unless they have some great hobby they love they really lose their purpose and the kids get older and have their own lives so that's not your life anymore so much and I think you really have to find something that sparks passion with you, that you love to do, that gives you meaning. Because and that's what this pod, the podcast is that. That's my passion. I think it is for both of us. And, you know, if you asked me a year ago if this was in my wheelhouse, it wasn't. Right. And now I I get so excited about this. And, you know, we have people from... 60 plus countries listening to us. Wow. We've had almost 70,000 downloads since February. People that are listening to us and get a lot of value out of this and, you know, love to listen to, to us. You know, we're not professionals by any means, but, you know, just telling those human stories. And I, I learn something new every time we record. Mm-hmm. I've seen so. some of the ones, and, and I thought I was kind of worldly but when people tell what's their what shit goes on in their heads yeah yeah <laughs> you really realize there's an inner dynamic that if you're not living that life you don't really get it yeah you don't it doesn't even cross your mind at all yeah we have some guests this season that are totally different than any world i've ever known that i'm just like it blows my mind it's really really cool like your your upbringing with your your dad and all like your whole life story i'm like that is so different it's so weird it's so interesting it is different you know and i'll, I'll just a little bit more history on them yeah so my 
my parents obviously were older, and they grew up, my dad especially, around the time of uh, the Wild West shows. Mm-hmm. So before I was born, they traveled in the Wild West shows th- that would go around, and my dad tr- did had trick courses that would do this whole desert scene reenactment. And the horse would do all these. He was could do anything with the horse. It was amazing. And my mom was a trick rider. And my oldest sister was five when she was in the rodeos doing trick riding. When I was born, they stopped because the three of us were ready to go to school. But um, so crazy. Yeah, and it's just and and but I, but it's so funny. I remember when we would be in the rodeo parades or something. My mom taught me how to do the royal wave. <laughs> <laughs> And that we were so particular about making sure our outfits were just right, and that's so crazy. I yeah. do not. That's what I mean. Like I'm like I can't even imagine what that's like growing up that way because that it's so different than my upbringing. So I just think it's really cool. Yeah, it was fun being out in the woods too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching G Rex's eyes dart. What are you doing? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I did take um, some mucinex before this. <laughs> and I'm having a beer. Slowly just... <laughs> and, and I'm having a beer. Because if I don't take the mucinex, I, like, I can't get three words out without coughing, so... I know. I'm sorry, dude. It's not, my, it's <laughs> not your fault. Um, I don't know. I think the Canadian fires had a lot to do with it. it was, the pollution was really... There was a lot of pollution in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of like settled in my chest. Mm. That's right. You, she just went to Toronto to see Pink oh, perform. Wow! It was amazing. Yeah, like the best 60th birthday ever. Like That's I said, so cool. how, how we made it this far. <laughs> um, God, <laughs> somebody's like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be fine. We're good." <laughs> Can I tell you a side story? Yeah. The other night, I was telling uh, Big V this. I was laying in bed and uh, Bizzle was asking me, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. I'm going to be 43 years old. Like, I'm done. And uh, he's like, you're not going to be 43. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, what am I going to be, 44? Like, how old am I going to be? He's like, you're going to be 42. I'm like, no, no, that's not right. He's like, pull it out, do the math. And I'm like, I am going to be 42. This is the best day ever. I was like, I don't even need a present. This is everything. <laughs> not gonna be as old as I thought I was. Wonderful. <laughs> I got a whole extra year. I know, I know. Perfect. But so getting yeah, back to cool. your transitions through all of these different careers, you have mentioned that having mentors was very helpful. Um, you talked about the one in the Tupperware. You talked about somebody else the farm the, the, ranch, <laughs> the, ranch, the ranch, ranch wife yeah the ranch. did you have anything when you worked for that uh company that makes rockets was there anybody i think there were a few people that i looked up to that were really good at what they did yeah and some of them could be very arrogant but yeah. now i realize that they get the, i mean i understand why they're so impatient if they work hard and they have this knowledge and everybody else isn't keeping up i yeah i get the impatience um I had a couple of of people that w- would talk to me about guidance mm-hmm. and and maybe help me ha- figure out how to write my evaluations or um tell me how things kind of worked in the industry or boost me along. Yeah, and with... so now in real estate, do you have a mentor as well? 
Not really. Um, I could pay for coaching, and I probably will at some point, but um, I've known some people. that I, I started out in residential. Then I went and worked almost exclusively on land. Now I'm kind of back 50-50 on mm-hmm. the, the land. And the, the land part takes a long time to get. It's, it's more interesting because you have to figure out all the due diligence of can it go there? Will the soil support it? Is there wetlands? Is there, you know, can you get through zoning and all that stuff? So that's a little more like the engineering side. The residential side, you get the joy of helping people with their own personal residence or Mm -hmm. second home or something like that. Um, You also get to figure out how to tell them that paint color really doesn't matter because they're going to paint anyway. (laughs) Drives me nuts. (laughs) But but I I, I will have to say this. I'm with Keller Williams, Mm -hmm. and that has been the biggest boost ever. If it wasn't for them, because you get 60, 63 hours to ruin somebody's life. Oh. What that means, it takes 63 hours of school, plus take a test to get your real estate license. You don't know anything about the business at that point, maybe some of the laws. But if you don't have a good broker mm. and classes, and then when you join at least KW, you have to take classes like 12 different follow-on classes in order to stay at the the company. So... You, you and and our broker, man, I can call them any time and get answers. And and I realize a lot of other real estate agents do not have brokers that support them at all. And yeah. so I think I think that's been the frustrating part to me. And I have to admit, there's a little ego involvement because you know you go from being an engineer working on all this really interesting stuff, yeah, to having to you know, search online for properties, and it's just not the same mental challenge. It's a different pace. It's, you're, instead of working with things, you're working with people. Mm. And I've had to learn a little bit about people's skills. <laughs> Has that been the hardest thing in your transition to where you are now? I think so. I think so. You know, mm. plus you have to make yourself accountable, and that's that's always a challenge. But um, I think understanding the difference and understanding that, you get this pushback from people, oh, you're just a realtor, you know, because everybody's a realtor. But there aren't that many that I have found that are really professionals mm. that take the time to learn the extra things that you really need to know to help people. Because they can get tricky in a hurry and you can get in so much trouble and, and cause people problems or you yeah. can make it smooth and easy. But it's it's a profession and a lot of people don't view it that way. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like peeling the onion, right? You, you have that first layer and then you got to peel it back a little bit more and a little bit more. Yes. But Big V, I have like a question for you. So you you, you said you're probably about 10 years older than I am. So what made you decide to go back to work? Were you bored? Um. So there's a, a couple things that play into it that I won't okay. get into too much here. But I was working in a job that I hated. Okay. Partly that was because I had I had worked on the same program on the ind- industry side, and I was the assistant program manager and the lead engineer at that time, and then I ended up going off the program working. I was working on medical training, but the people above me decided they didn't want our office to do medical training anymore, so they laid off myself, my boss, and, and my boss's boss. So they wow. laid off almost the whole office, and so then I ended up going to work on the government side and because I wasn't really working for the government there was 
you know, it's a whole long story. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't very fulfilling because, you know, okay. you're just supposed to do the grunt work and you didn't, couldn't have any ideas of your own. <laughs> God. And so I went That's from creating worst. my own life to, you know. And so I'd always, I had rental houses most of the time growing up and poor Bissell had to go work on those too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it hasn't hurt him much he's pretty good at handy dandy here that's how that's how he knows so much <laughs> so so i just decided i would get my license and go into real estate and um i didn't take much time off in between but i've had the the flexibility to take some like like here this week you know i can take the flexibility not to worry about it too much nice so um is this your last stop, do you think, after this, you'll retire? I don't know if I'll ever retire. Really? You know, I mean, like, my dad had the ranch until he passed away, and that's how I was able to take it over. He scaled down quite a bit, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, he still had three or 400 head of mama cows at the time. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I think I'll transition. Kind of my goal is to get some investment property and do some other things so that I'm not pounding the pavement myself, but I just don't feel like I'll ever just not Step work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm you're, you and I are a lot alike. Like, I don't think I'll ever not work, work. Like the podcast to me is not work, right? It's my passion, mm -hmm. but I always need to keep my mind busy when my mind's not busy. That's not a good thing. No. It's not a good thing for my wife. It's not a good thing for me. It's not a good thing for dirty Skittles. I need to keep my mind busy. And the podcast helps me do that. But also like with my new job too, um, because the, they really, I have a ton of knowledge in my field and I'm so willing to like give that to somebody else. Yeah. It does take a little, I mean, y you can learn a lot of things from, from Google. I have this term that I call people that certain clients are, um, I call them Google geniuses because they've studied Google and they think they know everything there is to know. <laughs> they studied Google. But you forgot about this and this and this. <laughs> um, but the, you do gain wisdom, mm -hmm. I think. And I've thought about wisdom a little bit. What is it really? It's a combination of knowledge and experience about how it works. In, in, and I do feel like, and maybe it's just Bizzle, and dirty skittles, but I feel like a lot of people now have wisdom younger than they used to because you can learn faster and the world is more dynamic. Mm -hmm. But I still think it takes some years and experience. some experience to really get that insight. So I have one last question that kind of ties into what you were just saying. But before I ask, do you have any last questions? No, ma'am. I'm all good. So with years of experience and the wisdom, right, on that topic. What has been the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Keep your curiosity and keep your keep your joy. Ooh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually did think of one. Okay. I thought of one. Cool. So, Big Feet, what do you do? like either on a daily basis or a, week, a weekly basis for self-care and self-love? I am a huge, huge Tony Robbins, Dean Gracio, uh, Matthew McConaughey fan, and I read everything I can find on 
growth and and I play with my chickens. Okay. <laughs> I have dogs too, it, but <laughs> but but I think the self care really comes from reading those things and listening to the podcasts and stuff. And of course your podcast. Woo. <laughs> because it keeps me grounded in that that it's a big world and it's can be very pretty if you just don't get m- mired down in the the mug. Yeah. So keep well, your mindset you. straight. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. I love that. I lot. love that. That's gonna be our new motto. I know. <laughs> Thanks. Keep your curiosity and your joy. I like that. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Well, thank you very much for hanging out with us. Oh, it was really fun. Yeah. Nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.